Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Mm, warm and delicious on this very snowy Thursday morning, January 16th. We're supposed to get a decent snowstorm. It started snowing around 8.30 or 9 this morning. I'm recording a little bit later because I was going to do the commute podcast going for writer coffee and uh, I decided not to go because of the snow. <laughs> it's been coming down. I thought, eh, do I want to deal? And it was funny because I texted Jim Sorensen and said, well, I don't know if you're planning on coming up, but we're supposed to be pretty snowy up here. And he said, oh, really? It's fine down here. And I was all, you know, <laughs> Albuquerque is a different climate than Santa Fe. Considerably lower in elevation. So, I was, um, he decided that the sky looked ominous to the north. I was kind of amused that he judged his, um, went by his color of the sky meter as opposed to my <laughs> advice. <laughs> but, you know, just like a man, right? So then I texted Emily Ma and said that Jim had decided to bail and that I thought I would just stick close to home too. And she said that she thought she would actually do the same because her husband works at Los Alamos and they were on snow delay already. So they're saying we could get two to five inches today and a couple more tomorrow. I'm supposed to go through tomorrow night. So uh, I'd like that. You know, if it's going to snow, snow in January. And if it's going to be dark and cold, let's have snow with it. So it's a very pretty snowfall. I'd love to see some accumulation. We have fireplace logs. I have plenty of wine. So I believe that we shall be, you know, all of the uh, staples of life. Ah. So um, I put up a blog post yesterday been working on this book that I've resurrected. Been um, gotten through about 80 pages of it so far, going at a pretty decent clip. I am having to rewrite. This is something I wrote starting back in like 2008. And it's very interesting to see the ways that um, my my writing, I, I was trying to think of a better word than that, but you know, like the craft, the basic craft has improved. My sentence structure was not as clear then, interestingly, and I used a whole lot of filter words and phrases. Uh, if people are interested, for those of you aspiring writer types, I could put up some examples of some phrasing that I have tweaked. Um, just let me know. Let me know if you'd be interested to see that. It's, it's not terrible, but... Um, it makes me wonder if I should go back. I, I would go back and read Rogue's Pawn and those which I wrote in that same era, um, except I can't change those, so it would probably just be frustrating. <laughs> so I apologize if those are not as well written. So it goes. At least I'm a better writer now. The other fascinating thing about reading this is this is something that I started to write uh Around the same time that I wrote like Petals and Thorns and wrote what the book that became Rogue's Pawn, um, you know, my first attempts at fiction. And I still love this story idea. I think it's a powerful story idea. 
but what's really interesting is to read how I envisioned a story, how I wrote a story um, before I had all of this stuff in my head from other people. Because back then, I was, um, well, you know, I'd come out of the nonfiction writing world. I'd gotten some fiction feedback, but I was not anything close to part of the community. I joined RWA in 2008, and in part to, and then I joined um, the Fantasy Futuristic and Paranormal online chapter because I lived in Wyoming then, and there was nobody else near me writing what I was writing so I started getting crit partners then. So up until then, I was writing in, you know, pretty much just entirely what I wanted to write. And there was really something to be said for that. Uh, there, There's a power to this story that I want to say is lacking in my later work. But I'm a lot more careful now. And in some ways, there is a, um, a raw energy to this old story that in some ways I feel like I don't have anymore. Some of that's craft, I suppose, being more polished. But it would be good to, I don't know, it'd be nice to keep a blend of both. It's very difficult to keep people's voices out of their out of your head. And I'm not sure it's always a good thing. You know, sometimes uh, I envy the writers of old who, you know, like had very little feedback from anybody on what they wrote, right? You know, occasionally they would get it, but nothing like today with the relentless feedback of the internet. So it's interesting. I had... um my planning call with Agent Sarah on Tuesday afternoon. I think I mentioned, I love this about Sarah, that she schedules these annual uh, calls, sort of state of the career calls. And, you know, she's really just so incredibly organized. She's an amazing person. And so she had all of my the Excel graph, the chart, spreadsheet, I guess, calculations on my progress towards earnout on Orchid Throne, and we talked about plans for that series. We talked about ideas for a couple of new series. Um, one, an idea that I've been nurturing for a long time that I'm going to write up for her, and also uh, um, resurrecting an old story. That's not the same one, although I'm going to give this one to her also. Uh, the one that I'm going to resurrect I think I'm going to resurrect the magic system and the world, but I might write it as a totally new story. I know that even if I do, even if we keep it as the same essential story, there are certainly things I love about that book. This was the second novel I ever wrote um, after the book that became Rogue's Pond, but before the book that became The Mark of the Tala. And I know that one thing I have learned, and if you are a writer, heed me, oh grasshoppers. 
it is with something that's that old, and if you're wanting to do a massive revision, it is far, far easier to simply rewrite the book from scratch. And I know this seems counterintuitive, and I'm always arguing with myself on this going, don't, you know, surely, surely it would be easier to use all of those words I wrote before. But it turns out, and I, I speak from pain to experience, it turns out that it is far slower and far more difficult to revise something old than to rewrite it starting fresh. So I may do that. I may do that soon, but I'm going to work up the, the pitches for Sarah. I might even try to pre-plot the one. If I'm going to keep the magic system and the world, I, I do know the arc of what I'd like to have happen, but I think I might set the pace differently. Um, the way that I'd originally written, written the story, it had followed the heroine through her childhood and growing up and early adulthood wrestling with problems. And I'm considering putting this a little bit later in her life. And, you know, like where she's more established in sort of fighting the demons that she fights as opposed to learning. So it would be a different story. And I might see if I can plot it. I know. I know, right? What I'd need is someone to talk it through because I just can't do it if I'm like in the silence of my head. To find somebody who's really good at plotting to come up with stuff. Help me think up things. And then, of course, I have to write book three of Forgotten Empires before April. So I can do a little bit of screwing around. But then I, by beginning of February here, I really need to sink it to that book three. We are brainstorming titles for it right now. So I'm excited about that. And... Otherwise, let's see what else did. It, it was just a good call with Sarah. It was really nice to have, you know, plenty of time with her. She's always very good about being accessible whenever I need her to be. But, you know, to have that long scheduled time with her, we both had lists of things to discuss, so we just went through them all. And then, oh, I know what I was going to say was last night I went out with Megan Mulry to uh, go see Little Women. We met for dinner. Second Street Brewery, for those of you who know Santa Fe, and went to see the movie at Violet Crown. Had some wine. It was lovely. Um, and I enjoyed the movie. I did not love the movie, um, as other people loved the movie. I thought the costumes were amazing. And I'd seen that New Yorker article on the costumes and what they were trying to do. The, it seems like the costume people for historical dramas are doing very interesting things now with modern materials where they're not going for historical accuracy so much as a historical feel, um, but then mixing it up to sort of add to the story and the visual and emotional feel. They did that in The Favorite, too. And I remember seeing, you know, like one of the ladies of the court was wearing polka dots, and I laughed out loud. She was wearing pink black and white polka dots in a, you know, period gown. So it's fun to do that. And Little Women does that. It really plays on the, the layers of clothing that they would wear because, of course, it was cold in New England. And they, you know, so now I have this great desire to wear, like, 
laced edge pantalets and underskirts of various colors underneath um, interesting overgowns and jackets. <laughs> Otherwise, um, I didn't love, love, love the story. I think, you know, even though I read Little Women and cried over Little Women like we all did, it was not something that shaped my life in the same way. In fact, here's my coffee, copy right here. Not my coffee, but my coffee. Okay, um, cover your ears because this is going to be kind of loud. Let me... There. Sorry, I have to move that stool so I could reach it. It was just out of reach. I want to look and see when I got this book. My copy is a Macmillan Classic. Oh, and that's why I thought it was from my Uncle Rocky and Aunt Beth, Christmas 1975. So I got this when I was nine. And I even put my little book plate in there. That's so funny with my address. <laughs> and they spelled my name wrong. They always spelled Jeffy wrong. They always spelled it I-E. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> which actually at the time when I was a kid, that always confused me. And now that, uh, you know, like... Two of our grandchildren are Cohen and Caden, and David asks me every single time how to spell it, and I have to think about it. So, you know, I, I guess I understand better now. It might be interesting to give this a reread, actually. But I think even though I read the book, it's got some sort of water stain on the bottom here. Even though I read the book long, long ago, Probably read it immediately. I might have been too young to really appreciate it. Anyway, um, I don't know. I I guess I don't have strong feelings. You know, like people ask me who is my favorite sister, and I don't think I had a favorite sister. Um, I didn't really grok any of them. Yeah. So, anyway, the, the movie was good, but it did not rock my world like it has apparently rocked other people's worlds. <laughs> this is a long book, though, isn't it? Back in the day, I didn't mind how, you know, the longer the better, because that meant it lasted longer. <laughs> well, anyway, neither here nor there. It was a fun evening. It was good to talk to Megan. Uh, and I apparently don't have much else to say. I think my head is in this story. So I will sign off and I will you know, talk to you all tomorrow. First cup of coffee is part of the Frolic Podcast Media Network or Frolic Media Podcast Network. Both of these things. You can find other podcasts you will love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And you all take care. Bye bye.